0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire? Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Fruit Loop serial killers of color. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com fruit. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash fruit. On level 304. Beth, tell them about the offline play. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there is offline play, so you don't even need Wi-Fi or the internet. Oh, good. So download your new favorite getaway, Best Fiends, for free today on the App Store or Google Play.
1: You'll even get $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. In this podcast, we discuss sexual assault, torture, race, and murder. Listener discretion is advised.
0: And welcome to Fruit Loops, episode 121. Thank y'all so much for listening. Fruit Loops is a podcast. It is, that's right, about (laughs) true crimes committed by people of color and the victims that we don't hear or know much about. Contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are straight, cis, white dudes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, it's true. And there are many well-documented cases of serial killers of color and Fruit Loops is a podcast all about them. We will take deep dives into the fascinating lives and crimes of serial killers and true crimes committed by people of color and the victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because the news is racist The footnotes for each episode can be found on our website, plus check it out for the different ways that you can support our show. Now, who are we talking about today, Beth? Today we're talking
1: about Howard Milton Belcher, an Atlanta gay man who went on a murder spree in October of 2002, just a short time after being released from prison
0: uh-oh well uh before we get into it how you doing i'm good we're uh releasing some exciting news this week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yes i'm excited for the news <laughs> <laughs> we are going to CrimeCon, Crime and i almost <laughs> can't believe it because uh We have no business being around real people talking about real crime stuff. We're literally just two gals interested in true crime. What will we do with ourselves? I don't know. I don't know,
1: but we're doing it. We're doing it. It's exciting. We're very excited. Yeah. So
0: so be on the lookout for for Ebony and Ivory, Beth and Wendy. (laughs) Beth and Wendy have a podcast. That's right. (laughs) right. (laughs) so i am excited plane tickets all purchased we are we we are ready to go yep um and yeah just we'll be able to interact with the fans and like i don't know it's i've never been to any of these cons i know beth you have been to like comic-con right and stuff like that i've never been to any uh, anything like this so you're gonna have to show me the ropes lady okay it's gonna be exciting (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah so um well looking forward to it and what do you say we get into some listener letters shall we okay let's do it all right oh angels
1: hello (laughs) (laughs) they were on the spot today they were ready see what
0: happens (laughs) when we prepare
1: So uh, Havoc 304 sent us a really interesting email. So I'm going to read that for y'all. Okay. Uh, Havoc said they worked for a forensic psych unit where uh, Eddie Mosley was a resident until his death in May 2020 after contracting COVID-19. And if you recall, we we covered Eddie Mosley in uh, one of our episodes. Mm -hmm. So Havoc 304 said, quote, I worked with Eddie for six years. I believe he fooled a lot of intelligent people in the field of psychology, psychiatry, and the judicial system. When I first met Mosley, I knew very little about him. He seemed like someone's grandpa. Mm. He was soft-spoken. He was kind to residents of lower functioning. I was floored when I found out who he really was. It has often been reported that Eddie was illiterate. He was able to keep up his charade of, quote, a simple black man who can't read or write, unquote. This was a favorite line Eddie used. However, as his health declined, he seemed to forget that he was
0: illiterate. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsies! Uh (laughs) Uh-oh!
1: The first two years I worked there, Eddie would come out of his room and ask staff to read him the menu for the day. Suddenly, in year three of my employment, Eddie came out one morning And read the menu to another resident. The facility offered no learning programs or even programs for coping strategies.
0: So he just magically learned how to read, maybe. Yeah,
1: it was osmosis, I suppose. Uh,
0: Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps.
1: (laughs) He was one of our highest functioning residents. He was never a behavioral problem in the time I worked at the facility. His room was spotless. Everything had a place. If anything was moved, Eddie was aware. Mm. He would place pieces of paper in the edge of his door when he left his room so he would know if anyone entered his room. Ooh, <laughs> a
0: little boy. paranoia there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes.
1: I have worked in direct care in many settings over a period of 37 years. I have experience working with people with low IQ, low functioning, and various mental disorders. Eddie was not typical. He was diabolical. <laughs> mm,
0: yes, indeed, he was. Yeah. And... I believe he died, right? Of he died of COVID nineteen, and we reported yeah. that in the in the in one of our news updates. Um, yeah, but and wow, to have extra. worked yeah. with him so closely. Yeah. Hello, Havoc three hundred four doing the Lord's work over there. Yeah, thanks, Havoc three hundred four. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for that letter. Oh my yeah. gosh, that sounds like. One of the most fascinating jobs. It and really does, yeah. He was in that facility the whole time and nobody knew he was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh I guess the notoriety doesn't follow uh everybody. Not always, yeah. No, no. Uh if it had been Ted Bundy though, mm-hmm. well, because the news is racist, you know what I'm saying? So I do know what you're saying. Uh, anyway, <laughs> wow, that is fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Havoc three hundred four. We see you, Boo, and we appreciate you. Um, we got some. We got to give some love to our supporters. Yeah, uh, we got um, Mike B on Pod Bean, Pod Bean, and Jacqueline C via the Cash Up. And we'd like to thank you for your handsome donations. Yeah, uh, thank such, you. As such, please accept these tunes and in interpretive dances, which you cannot <laughs> see. But just close your eyes and imagine. Here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. <clears throat> I'm living my life like it's Jacqueline, 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 Jacqueline. And that's for you, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hip Hop Air Horns. And uh, this next tune is uh, for Mike B. Take me on a trip. I'd like to go someday. Take me to Nebraska, San Francisco Bay. I really want to come kick it with you. Would you be my American Mike? American Mike. Can we get away this weekend? Take me to Broadway. Let's go shopping. Maybe then we'll murder a valet. Can we get on the subway? Take me to your hood. I've Never seen a crime scene and I'd like to know what's good dressed in all your fancy clothes speakers looking fresh to death i'm loving those of toes walk in that walk talk that slick talk i'm liking this american mic. american mike <laughs> um so those are your tunes everybody thank yeah. you for supporting our show oh, thank, thank you, you. Woo! even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW room void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And uh, that's that. Remind us, Beth, who
1: is our subject today? Today we're talking about Howard Milton Belcher, a gay man who targeted other gay men. He murdered three to four men in Paulding and DeKalb Counties, Midtown Atlanta, and McKinney, Georgia. He was with the victims at various times at a gay bar in Midtown in October of
0: 2002. All right, well, now we're going to get into some stats. Here we go. Howard Milton Belter was born in 1978. He was a Black American male. His victims were adult males assigned at birth. Um, and uh, his crimes took place in Georgia. 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 <laughs> It's always on my mind. In October of 2002, he was 26 when he was arrested for his crimes, uh, and his victims rest in Paradise Kings are Mark Schaller, age 40, Matthew Abney, 45, Leroy Tyler, 27, and Artiles mckinney who was 35 so now we're going to get into the set team take us there beth well hey y'all we're back <laughs> in atlanta again hey girl <laughs> uh, peace up a town down <laughs>
1: We've gone to Atlanta several times. So we've already covered a lot of Atlanta history and even LGBTQ history. Let me ask you something, Wendy. Ask away. Okay. So I've been putting LGBTQ in this. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed I've been noticing like a lot of people are leaving off the queue now.
0: Yeah, I noticed that as well. I am comfortable with that. I don't... um know what the politics around it are but I I like LGBT or LGBTQ I think you can okay. use them interchangeably but I've been seeing that just as much as you have Yeah that's weird I'm like what what's happening cuz oh. they fu- they wanted the Q, <laughs> they, we, we, yeah. They wanted all the letters, and I yeah. think they're all um, great when they there's room for him. And and I think uh, LGBT is also appropriate. Hey, hey speaking of language evolving, um, you know, BIPOC is uh, some people are trying to phase that out. What and use y- yes, use B. I think the it's BBMC Black Brown indigenous and melanated peoples um, because, and you may want to leave this in, this is a culture corner here, about how language evolves and how we just get better at um, being kind to people when we use words. Uh, And so, as I said, BIPOC is being phased out. The reason why people are moving towards the I can't even say it. B-B-I-M-C, Black, Brown, Indigenous, and Melanated People uh, acronym is because BIPOC centers whiteness. By specifying people of color, you're uh, including whiteness in there, in, in that um, somehow... Um, lessening the value of people by indicating that they're of color and, and essentially um, centering white, making whiteness part of the equation, even though you're not using the word um, right. in in the acronym. And b- black, brown, indigenous, melanated peoples just cuts out all all ass, all all whiteness. Just it, it is an indication of um, people of color without centering whiteness on it. And I feel like there's a million better ways to explain it but that's my understanding <laughs> of it interpretation yeah. <laughs> that's just cutting out it's cutting out centering whiteness and okay I think either one is fine uh okay. so, I think sorry. BIPOC is easier to say <laughs> I think it is too uh and uh I I I like it <laughs> I like BIPOC yeah but, me too. Uh, you know some people some people don't and that's okay so we're not, we'll the, we're not the language police. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're not. We're just doing our best. <laughs> what's, what's next?
1: <laughs> I also like LGBTQ cause I like the inclusion of uh, queer, but uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I have LGBTQ throughout the uh, script. You can use whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Deaf. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. So we're going to do something a little different today and focus on one event that happened in Atlanta.
0: Ooh, was it a dark and stormy night? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, We'll get there. In the 2000s, LGBTQ rights were a pretty hot topic, as it is to this day. The Netherlands was the first country to allow same-sex marriage in 2001. Belgium followed in 2003, and Spain and Canada in 2005. But during the same time period, some municipalities were enacted laws against homosexuality. For example, in Ree County, Tennessee, unsuccessfully, they tried to ban homosexuals in 2006. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, okay. fuck off. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Like, sh- show me, it's not like the vaccine, right? Like, show me your homosexual card. Like, I don't even understand how you would, uh, no. just, just serve no, me my just, coffee. Re- yeah. That's, that's,
1: <laughs> that's just dumb.
0: It is. It doesn't make any, uh, anyway. They tried it, I guess. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> in
1: 2003, in the case Lawrence v. Texas, the Supreme Court of the United States struck down sodomy laws in 14 states, making consensual homosexual sex legal in all 50 states. In 2010, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell law forbidding gay people
0: from serving openly in the United States military was repealed. So it sounds like progress is picking up steam. Now, a little history on the don't ask don't tell law in <laughs> that we have in the American um Armed Forces was that in 1981, the Department of Defense formulated a new policy which stated unequivocally that homosexuality is incompatible with military service. Now, prior to this, the U.S. military did not officially exclude LGBTQ service members from its ranks. However, homosexual acts were grounds for discharge.
1: After the ban, nearly 17,000 men and women were discharged under the
0: category of
1: homosexuality in the 1980s. By the end of the 1980s, Eighties reversing the military's policy emerged as a priority for advocates of LGBTQ civil rights.
0: Absolutely, that, so that's good. Um, by yeah. By the beginning of 1993, it appeared that the military's ban on gay personnel would soon be overturned. Shortly after his inauguration, President Clinton asked the Secretary of Defense to de- to prepare a draft policy to end discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Clinton's
1: proposal, however, was greeted with intense opposition from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, members of Congress, the political opposition, and a considerable segment of the U.S. public.
0: Mm. After
1: a lengthy public debate and congressional hearings, the President and Senator Sam Nunn of Georgia, who opposed the repeal, reached a compromise which they labeled, don't ask, don't tell, don't pursue.
0: Uh, you could tell that, uh, in my mind, this is just a... Aren't the Joint Chiefs of Staffs all old white men? <laughs> like, yes, all of these people uh, are old white All of these people are all, of of white people yes. are all straight, <laughs> cis, old, white-ass, crusty, dusty dudes who uh, I crusty, just wouldn't dusty. know progress if it bit them in the taint. Uh, <laughs> it's just... It's so maddening that these are the people making decisions for everybody. Now, under its terms, military personnel could not be asked about their sexual orientation and could not be discharged simply for being gay. However, engaging in sexual conduct with a member of the same sex would still constitute grounds for discharge.
1: After its implementation, the Service Members Legal Defense Network and other organizations monitoring it repeatedly pointed out its failures. Discharges actually increased under the policy, and harassment of gay and lesbian personnel appeared to
0: intensify. In 1999, Private Calvin Glover beat Private First Class Barry Winchell to death with a baseball bat while he slept. Prosecutors argued that Glover murdered Winchell because he was gay. Glover was sentenced to life in prison. Subsequent inquiries by civilian groups revealed an ongoing pattern of policy violations and anti-gay harassment that had been ignored by higher-level officers. And I gotta say, this is not the first instance of fuckery on behalf of the united states military no Uh, it's definitely not no uh (laughs) you name a group and boy oh boy have they there's (laughs) fuckery there is fuckery (laughs) okay
1: in the wake of the winchell murder hillary clinton then vice president al gore and even president clinton called the don't ask don't tell policy a failure campaigning for the Democratic Party's 2000 presidential nomination. Candidates Gore and Bill Bradley each promised to work to reverse the policy if he were elected.
0: Meanwhile, candidates for the Republican nomination reaffirmed their support for the curb policy or declared that they would seek to completely prohibit military service by LGBTQ people. Okay, so they're blowing up this military uh, budget and they're like, but only straight people can, can yeah. join like, yeah. okay. Anyway, it took 11 more years for the policy to be repealed on September 20th, 2011.
1: Wow. Back to Atlanta. Here we go. The no story is going <laughs> to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mew on my little airplane. Open up. Oh, it a good little podcaster. Open up. Here we go. Atlanta. <laughs>
1: Atlanta today is the epicenter of LGBTQ life in the South and has a pretty vibrant LGBTQ community. Atlanta holds one of the biggest pride parades in the Southeast. The state's hate crime law, effective June 26, 2020, explicitly includes sexual orientation. And to some, Atlanta is considered a Black gay Mecca. Mm. But
0: back on September tenth, two 2009, an incident happened that seemed like It was straight out of the 60s when police raided a gay bar in Atlanta, mid-century style. A paramilitary SWAT type force of Atlanta police officers stormed into a bar called the Atlanta Eagle without a warrant. Police allegedly raided the bar to investigate reports of lewd conduct and unlicensed adult entertainment. Now, (laughs) sounds worthy of a SWAT force. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, They were just enjoying them. Themselves dancing, listening to good music, and <laughs> I just and here comes and here s- comes the SWAT <laughs> for what <laughs> being fabulous? Like what is what is wrong with these people? Um, don't get me started on police and how. Oh, I just this is don't so unnecessary. Started, don't, guys. Get don't get me her started on police. <laughs> Abolish the police. That's what I say. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. What's next? Okay. Woo.
1: The police immediately forced dozens of innocent customers who were fully dressed and not suspected of any criminal activity whatsoever to lie face down on the floor, which was covered with spilled beer, dirt and broken glass simply because they were patrons of the bar.
0: Okay, so they they came in unnecessarily. They used excessive force for no fucking reason um, and dehumanized the people there. Mm -hmm. So uh, patrons were illegally searched. Police officers emptied their pockets, confiscated their IDs, and entered every patron's name into a police computer. All of the patrons were forced to remain face down on the floor long after they had been searched and found to be unarmed. And they were detained between 30 and 90 minutes, some in handcuffs. The police
1: never explained why they were there, and when patrons asked questions, they were told to shut the fuck up. Mm. Some patrons were told they would be hit in the head with a bar stool if they asked any questions, and some were shoved to the ground and kicked by the officers. Several patrons reported that some officers made racist and anti-gay slurs.
0: Um, I'm not surprised. Um no. and I just think it is disgusting. Defund Terrible. the police, refund our uh, communities. The police were laughing and joking while they were lying there. And at different times, I heard them say, quote, you people make me sick. And uh, another quote, I hate fags. Um, well, we fucking hate you. One of them <laughs> said, quote, this is fun. We should do this every week. Ugh. I mean... Gross. In what? In what? Uh, tell me, please. Tell me what type of job you can go and say horrible things about people, do horrible things to people have like, uh, zero success, like not, like not do your job the way you are supposed to. And, uh, your department, no consequences, consequences. (laughs) your department gets all the money. Keep giving us money. We'll just try harder. Uh, and it doesn't work anyway.
1: (laughs) At the end of the raid, not a single patron was charged with any crime. The police said they entered the bar to investigate reports of lewd conduct and to make arrests for unlicensed adult entertainment because the bar had four dancers in boxer brief style costumes.
0: Nope. <laughs> nope that ain't it guys uh the only charges filed by police were against the four dancers and the four bar employees and related to the quote unlicensed entertainment end quote that the officers originally raided the bar to investigate the bar's four dancers were charged with quote dancing in underwear without a permit did oh my you God. did you know that was required hey larry did you know we need permits to dance in our underwear No, I didn't know that. Anyway, and four employees were charged with operating an adult entertainment establishment without a license. After the raid,
1: Atlanta Eagle Bar patrons sued the city in federal court and claimed their constitutional rights were violated. In December 2010, the city agreed to settle with the plaintiffs for approximately $1.2 million. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Mayor Kasim Reed also apologized to the plaintiffs The court ruled the raid was unconstitutional and the patrons said they wanted the city to promise to train officers properly on such actions as search and seizure so as to avoid similar raids in the future.
0: Well, since policing, policing in America comes from uh, slave catching and protecting the property of white people, um, straight Christian cisgender white people. Uh, And uh, you cannot just keep training officers because it's not working. You can't just keep giving these departments more money because it's not working and qualified immunity already. Because the money, this $1.2 million settlement that these people had to split, uh, let's see the owner of the Atlanta Eagle Richard Ramy of the bar uh, he was awarded $80,000 as part of the $1.2 million settlement had the plaintiffs decided to go to court rather than settle Ramy said he and the others were told they could have had a payout of many millions of dollars quote we said from the beginning that we w- what we wanted was not about money said Ramey the, the bar owner we wanted to help the city of Atlanta and not just the gay community but police dragged their
1: feet. The reforms did not take place, even though the city was ordered to enact them by a federal judge in the original order in 2011 and then again in 2013. And on May 5th, 2015, six years after the raid, in a hearing on a motion for contempt filed by Atlanta Eagle attorneys, City Attorney Robert Godfrey acknowledged the city had failed to properly train police, as was mandated, as part of the city's settlement with the plaintiffs. Quote, I'm admitting portions of what we were supposed to do, we did not do. Unquote, Godfrey told Judge Batten.
0: Well, Judge Batten ordered the city to train its 2,000 officers within nine- Ninety days. Atlanta Eagle attorney Dan Grossman, who argued the motion for contempt before Judge Baton, said after the hearing that he could not understand why the city wasted taxpayer money to try to defend themselves, and then in a court hearing, finally admit they were wrong. Hmm. He's not wrong. No, that that is <laughs> like, true. What, the <laughs> what they did, and it is true that they were wrong. But yeah, um, what's interesting about these payouts is. Um, this is why there's the argument for qualified immunity. The city, the city ma- pays these settlements. The city is self-insured. Yeah. Usually, the city has money to pay these kinds of damages out, but right. the money comes from taxpayers, y'all. Yeah. So uh, it it's, this costs you money. This costs this kind all of, of, of us money. Bullshit. Right, yeah. and it, the idea of qualified immunity means that officers could be personally held liable for the mistakes that they make similar to a doctor or a lawyer who has professional liability insurance for when they fuck shit up. Um, Just a police officer having that. I know police hate this idea. Guess what? I don't care. Uh, If they had (laughs) qualified, if qualified immunity was ended and police officers had to purchase liability insurance, professional liability insurance, either through their employer or on their own they might think twice about mistreating the public they are meant to serve because they could lose hmm. everything right huh what do you know <laughs> that's see that's my thought yeah. um am i making sense and can i get an amen yes. i'm gonna give myself amen. a hip-hop <laughs> now where was i uh it was it was me okay i'm sorry okay. i cut you off
1: Dan Grossman, the attorney for Atlanta Eagle, continued saying, why was the city fighting against complying with an order if it was eventually going to stop fighting and say, well, we're sorry. Mm -hmm. Why not do this in December when we brought it up instead of waiting five months? Mm -hmm. Why is the city violating orders and instead spending tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars? He said, good question.
0: Very good question. How many times can the police force in America say, oops, my bad. Yeah. Whoops, this year we killed another 1,100 people. Whoopsies! Uh, yeah. Before, you know, maybe we do something different. Anyway, all of this happened between 2009 and 2015, years after Howard Milton Belcher was an active serial killer. So you can imagine Attitudes back in 2002 when he started his spree. Get ready for your starring role in a thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes, danger, and romance.
1: That's right. It's June's Journey, and you play June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries. Ooh,
0: you'll put your powers of observation to the test, sharpen your sleuthing skills, find objects, and claim rewards. The visuals are fire. It's
1: like a party for your eyeballs (laughs) as you play this thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes with danger and romance in
0: full force. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just need to get away for a while, June's Journey is the perfect game for you. It really is a sweet escape. I like to play when I need a mental pick-me-up. There is a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. So now we're going to get into Howard Milton Belcher's early life.
1: What do you got, Beth? Well, Howard Milton Belcher was born in 1978, but outside of that, we don't know anything about his early life. We tried, but (laughs) we couldn't find anything. Uh As an adult, Belcher had no permanent residence and no close ties with family. My impression is that he burned his ties to his family, but We don't know the particulars about that.
0: No. And we also do not know that, or I'm sorry, we do know that he had a history of petty theft and shoplifting. Usually those are crimes of survival, not an indication necessarily that he was an evil person. We'll find out more later. And he was a suspect in a robbery slash kidnapping in which the victims were tied up with neckties. Uh, Belcher spent some time in prison and he was released shortly before his Activities of killing spree began. So now we're going to get into the timeline.
1: Hit it back. In February of 2002, some people were robbed at their homes on DeFore Village Court in Atlanta. One person was locked in a closet while another person was forced to withdraw money from an ATM. Belcher was later named as a
0: suspect. In October 2002, Belcher was frequenting a gay bar on Peachtree Street in Atlanta, popular with black folks. And the bar is called Bulldogs and has been located in the heart of Midtown for 42 years.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Midtown is a commercial district with lots of stores, bars and hotels, museums and other attractions. It also boasts the city's largest concentration of parks and green space. Piedmont Park, which is Atlanta's kind of central park, adjoins Midtown.
0: I can just see it now. Uh, 27-year-old Leroy Taylor, a gay man and a recent graduate from mortuary school, was living in Clarkston, Georgia in October of 2002. Clarkston is located just northeast of Atlanta. He has been described by friends and family as a sweetheart, a good guy with a great spirit. He was very bubbly and sociable. He was the life of the party, and people loved him because he was so easy to make a connection with.
1: And uh, here I want to make a note on dates. Different sources gave different dates for the murder of Leroy Taylor. We're going with what was reported most widely. So if you see a different date somewhere else, that's why. Okay. Anyway, on October 5th, 2002, Leroy's mom called police to check on him because she was worried that she hadn't heard from him in a while. When police went to his home, they found him dead in the bedroom under a comforter. He had been left with a belt around his neck and his
0: hands tied behind his back with a necktie. At first, police thought maybe it was an autoerotic asphyxiation, but uh, it didn't take long for them to realize that Leroy had been murdered. The gas oven had been left with the door open, gas on, and the stove burners had been lit. It was apparent that the murderer had wanted the apartment to blow up and burn down, eliminating all evidence.
1: Leroy's cause of death was determined to be ligature strangulation. Fingerprints and shoe prints were found in the home and there were signs of ransacking. Leroy's wallet was gone and his car had been taken. The fingerprints were run through APHIS, but unfortunately
0: there was no match. Oh, speaking of fingerprints, totally unrelated to the story. Me and my Uh kids uh, were working on a DIY fingerprint kit.
1: Oh, uh, that we that found fun. to
0: make on the Internet uh, cool. for all you couch crime fighters out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so 40 year old Mark Schaller, a white man and a project manager for a computer software firm, had recently moved to Atlanta from Florida. He has been described by friends as hardworking, upbeat, nice, and a joyful person who loved music and traveling. He was well-liked and had a loving family. He had a condo in an upscale area of Atlanta.
1: While out one night in early October 2002, Mark began chatting with another man at Bulldogs, and he must have invited the man home. He was not seen alive again. When one friend called him on October 8th, a man who was not Mark answered the phone. The man told the friend,
0: Mark's not here, and hung up. Friends had been calling Mark for days, but could not get a hold of him. When he did not show up for work, which was very unlike him, co-workers finally became worried enough to call the police on October 10th. Police then
1: went to his upscale condo on Dutch Valley Road in Midtown and found his body. Mark had been left partially nude on his bed with his hands tied behind his back with neckties. And he had also been gagged with a necktie. Mm. He died of blunt force trauma to the neck, but there were no ligature Marks. So it's been surmised that the killer had put him in a headlock and then squeezed until Mark stopped breathing.
0: Mm. The killer had again left the stove on with the burners burning and the condo smelled strongly of gas. However, this time it did not look like a robbery as the condo had not been ransacked. Mark's condo building had CCTV, but the building was so new it was not working yet. Rats. Uh, There was a key card found in the condo but the key card system had not been set up yet either. No! So police were not able to track when Mark had last entered his condo. Mm -hmm.
1: However, the garage system was working, and police were able to track when someone had lost gone into the garage using Mark's electronic garage door opener. Saturday, October 5th was the last time anyone had entered. Police surmised that Mark had been killed either late on October 5th or early October 6th investigators checked
0: the garage and Mark's blue BMW was not there. On October 11th, 2002, 45-year-old Matthew Abney, an assistant manager for Walmart, was found dead in his home in Dallas. Not Texas, is just northwest of Atlanta <laughs> in Paulding County. Matthew has been described as a good person and a hard worker. He was close to his family and loved travel. That morning, his sister tried to call him but couldn't get a hold of him, so she went over to his house to check on him and found his body. Matthew was
1: found partially dressed, covered with a comforter, and he had bruising on his neck, which indicated that he'd been strangled. His hands were bound with a necktie and phone cords. His gas oven had been left on with the burners going. Belcher and Abney had had sex before Belcher strangled him and then took some jewelry and his car.
0: Matthew had been having his basement remodeled. So at first, the Paulding County Sheriff's Department, who were working the case, zeroed in on the workers who had been in and out of his home while the construction was being done. But they were all eventually ruled out. A co-worker mentioned that Matthew liked to go to the Bulldogs Bar in Atlanta. So police questioned
1: employees at Bulldogs, but they weren't talking. Mm. Why? Well, the gay community doesn't always trust the police. Of course. And understandably so. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matthew's car was later found abandoned. Detectives recovered some shoes and a shirt discarded by the car. Hairs were found on the clothing and submitted to the crime lab. They later came back as a match for both Matthew Abney and Belcher.
0: On October 29, 2002, 35-year-old Artilles, uh, also known as Art McKinney, was found dead in the bedroom of his Mulberry Way home in Duluth, which is northeast of Atlanta. Art's roommate found his body, and he had been left naked and face down on the bed. Police saw no obvious trauma, but his wallet, car, and phone were missing. Fingerprints were
1: recovered, and you guessed
0: it, the oven had been
1: left on with the burners burning. Mm-mm. Gwinnett County Medical Examiner's investigator Ted Bailey said a definitive cause of death could not be determined because McKinney's body was in the early stages of decomposition. Therefore, his death was unable to be classified as a homicide.
0: Huh? Interesting. You know yeah, what else that's is the first time I've heard that. Yeah. You know what else is interesting is that there's a clear M O. with this dude leaving the stove on, and nobody's yeah. come up with a creative na- a name like the <laughs> the gas gas. Or
1: the oven killer, the oven
0: killer, or the Maytag murderer is Maytag make ovens or washing machines? I don't washing know which. Machines. Okay, never mind. They might,
1: they might also make ovens now too. Okay, yeah,
0: the Maytag murderer.
1: Uh, so, where are we? Uh, what I think is funny is that, you know, he, he's tried this like four times now and none of the houses have blown not, up.
0: Not a one explosion. Not a one. What is he doing wrong? Maybe he'll get it right on the next one. I don't know. Uh but he's he's determined, right? He's consistent, persistent. He's, he, he wants to get that done. He's persevering. Uh he's going the distance. Uh And uh, we'll get to what happens in a second. But he just keeps... (laughs) You're right. He's very unsuccessful at this whole blowing up method that he's trying. Um, Where are we? think he'd try something different after a while. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, so uh, after Art died... Uh, a man called his aunt three times, claiming to be a friend named Keonte or Tiante. The man told her that Art would not be back because they were leaving the country together. And the calls came from Art's phone. Hmm. The aunt told police that she thought that one
1: of his friends might be involved. So they found the friend at his place of employment. He told them that the last time he saw Art, Art had asked if he wanted to go out. To a club downtown, but he couldn't go. The friend's fingerprints were taken and then he was ruled out because they did not match the fingerprints found in Art's home.
0: So now we're going to get into the investigation and the arrest. Well, at least four agencies were working on the case Atlanta Police, the Paulding County Sheriff's Department, the Duluth Police Department, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Well, Uh, shout out for not being messy hoes and working together.
1: (laughs) Atlanta police working Mark Schaller's murder learned that Mark's BMW had been impounded on October 8th, taken from an apartment complex four miles away from Schaller's condo. The car was searched for evidence. Police found cigarette butts in the car, but Schaller didn't smoke. Mm. So these cigarette butts were sent to the lab for DNA testing. They were later matched to Belcher.
0: Got him. DNA <laughs> every time. Every I time. Just I'm <laughs> just I love DNA so much. You love you some DNA. I, I know. I it just I just love it. DNA. <laughs> thank you for all you do. Uh, Police began tracking Schaller's credit cards and discovered that they had been used several times between October 5th and the 10th, and even when detectives detectives were at the crime scene investigating Mark's murder. Uh, Wait a minute, his body's here, but he's making charges? How is this? Uh, This ghost. His ghost (laughs) was buying things. Oh, my God, (laughs) then. So, yes, his ghost was buying things, and then uh, police found That one particular card was being used at specific times to fill up at different gas stations in Midtown. Mm.
1: So detectives staked out the gas stations. The credit card company was to tell investigators immediately when the credit card had been used. Detectives described it like fishing, just waiting for a nibble.
0: Mm. Police finally got a hit on a car that was filling up at one of the gas stations. So they did a felony stop on the car, which is being which was being driven by a black man with a passenger who was also black. So the two men were cuffed and searched. Inside the sock of the passenger, Willie Barnes, was Mark Schaller's credit card. When asked where he got it, he said he found it. Okay. It turns out that Willie Barnes was selling gasoline.
1: He'd find someone who'd give him cash, and then he would use the credit card to fill up their tank. Seems seems like a good. Uh, wow. Scheme.
0: Talk about a hustle. OK. Yeah. This scam is, this scam is new to me. I've never heard <laughs> of anything like it before. Yeah.
1: Well, detectives thought Willie Barnes was a little rough around the edges, that he hadn't showered in weeks and also that he didn't look like someone who could pull Mark Schaller.
0: Hmm. Well, uh OK. So the driver of the car, Derek Thompson, consented to a search of the car, but police found nothing. So he was released. Willie Barnes was further questions, but he wasn't talking. However, Willie had in his possession a business card for Marty Jones, the maintenance supervisor for the same apartment complex where Mark's BMW had been recovered. Hmm.
1: Marty Jones was questioned. He told police that Willie Barnes did odd jobs for him around the apartment complex, and he thought Willie Barnes did not have a permanent residence. Police thought it was possible that Willie just found the credit card in Mark Schaller's car when it had been dumped.
0: When Mark Schaller's cell phone records had come back, they revealed that the phone had been used on October 6th, 7th and 8th to call a woman named Tanya Brown. When contacted, Tanya Brown and her boyfriend, Matthew Green, came in voluntarily to speak to the police and they brought Mark Schaller's cell phone with them.
1: They told police that they'd bought it off the street for $10 from a black guy driving a blue BMW. And although Matthew Green was the one in possession of the cell phone, he had an alibi for the night of Schaller's murder.
0: Police looked at the cell phone and spotted a call that had been made late on the night of October 5th. The call had been made to a man named Sam Preston, who was a barber. Preston was questioned. He related how he remembered the call because it came from a Florida area code, which was unusual. He said,
1: it came from a man that he knew named Howard, but he didn't know his last name. He did, however, know where Howard lived, so he gave detectives the address. Howard had called him the night of the 5th and then picked him up in a blue BMW with Florida tags. Mm. Sounds
0: suspicious. Very suspicious.
1: <laughs> Preston noticed that there was a credit card in the cup holder with the name of Mark on it. This made him nervous, so he told Howard to take him home.
0: Mm. Uh, detectives went to the address that Preston gave him looking for Howard. At the home was a woman who told detectives that Howard was her son, but that he did didn't live there she told them that ever since he got on drugs she doesn't allow him in the house he had stolen from family in the past and she gave detectives his full name his name is howard milton belcher um well, that's which the one. that's the <laughs> one and uh, you know sh- she said he was doing drugs and stuff so probably doing some ter- yeah doing drugs some turmoil <laughs> there uh, it's yeah. just she it sounds like she gave him up <laughs> like that yeah Get the uh, hell out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, when people are doing drugs, it's not uncommon for them to steal from the family
0: right and it, it's yeah. not because they're evil people as far as my my perspective it's it's the addiction that's causing them to do yeah, it yeah right? they
1: need money to to feed the addiction right right detectives went into Belcher's criminal record and saw that he had a long rap sheet including being a suspect in a robbery slash kidnapping in which the victims were tied up with neckties so Belcher went to the top wow of this list of suspects
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh So I I must say, uh, and I don't say this often, good thing it's recorded, right? Um, This is, I feel like, good police work. This is, as far as finding clues and ruling out people you know not just following the right not just picking a narrative and trying to uh make it fit fit, yeah when it really doesn't so uh i think that this is commendable now on october 30th 2002 police in college park stopped a gold 1994 lexus that belcher was driving he told police that he borrowed it from his friend achilles He had the audacity to tell the police to call his friend Achilles, who would back him up. By the way, his name was Artilles, not Achilles, dumbass. And they also found Belcher in possession of Art's wallet. Okay, motherfucker, that is enough. Get in the car, sign away all your rights. You're going to jail. (laughs) (laughs) On November 7th, the
1: Atlanta detectives investigating Mark Schaller's murder put out an arrest warrant for Belcher and they found him quite easily. He was in lockdown in Fulton County Jail for driving a stolen vehicle, Arts Lexus. They also learned that he was wanted for the murder of Matthew Abney in Paulding County.
0: There was a clear pattern in all of the crime scenes. We talked about this evidence of robbery, the use of neckties to bind and how the ovens had been left on with the burners burning. All (laughs) of the crime scenes mirrored each other.
1: When Belcher was interviewed, he seemed eager to talk. He described himself to Atlanta police as a, quote, HIV positive prostitute, unquote. He admitted to having met and hooked up with Mark Schaller, but he then began weaving a fantastical story about how after he and Mark had sex, his friends CJ and Tianti just showed up.
0: Oh, Oh hi, hi C J (laughs) and Tianti. He said you know where I was. Wow, well this (laughs) ought to be fun. He said they told him to open the oven door, turn on the gas, and light the burners. Then he left in Mark's car, so so he knows nothing about what happened after that point, see? See, what had happened was uh, (laughs) (laughs) he didn't know what happened and he didn't know anything about Mark's murder. And then he said later that he saw CJ and Tiante driving Mark's BMW and
1: they let him use it. Police confronted him about the fact that Belcher told them that he left in the BMW. He was like, yeah, but then we switched cars oh. and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Police could tell he was making shit up on the fly <laughs> and was having a hard time remembering his lies. Mm. He blamed Tiante for Art McKinney's murder, but at times he also called him Keante. So he, he just couldn't, he couldn't get the name straight. Mm. He couldn't get the facts straight. Everything was Stupid.
0: (laughs) So what you're telling me, Belcher, is this is all bullshit? Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Uh, Hands behind your back, please. Uh, So according to Atlanta police homicide detective Vincent Velasquez, quote, after he was arrested, the rash of killing stopped end quote. Very interesting. Uh, Funny how that happens. Isn't it, though? Uh, (laughs) So now we're going to get into the trial. What do you got, Beth?
1: Howard Milton Belcher was formally charged in the case on November 9th, 2004. Unfortunately, he was never charged in Art McKinney's death because the medical examiner could not rule his death a homicide.
0: Mm, That is really uh, interesting and kind of a shame, because yeah. it looked like all the other ones. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, yeah, the, the whole situation uh, indicated homicide. Mm-hmm. Now, Fulton County prosecutors initially decided against seeking the death penalty against Belcher, but reversed course in 2005. At his Fulton Superior Court arraignment for the October 5th, 2002 murder of Mark Schaller, aggravated battery, and auto theft in January 2005, Belcher thanked his attorneys and asked to die. Quote, I'd like to
1: thank the court for giving me the death penalty, Belcher said. I'd like to thank the Fulton County District Attorney, Mr. Paul Howard, unquote. The judge interrupted Belcher, telling him he had yet to face trial.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) Quote, I
1: want the death penalty, Belcher said. I don't have anything to talk about. I want the death penalty. I really don't want anyone to represent me, unquote. The judge refused his request.
0: Wow. So Belcher was tried for the murder of Matthew Abney in Paulding County, a judge rebuffed a move to introduce evidence linking Belcher to the murders of Leroy Taylor in DeKaub and Artilles McKinney in Gwinnett, but allowed links to Mark Schaller's homicide in Atlanta. Tom
1: Mellinson, an assistant district attorney in Paulding, said that strengthened his case. And in June 2009, Belcher received a sentence of life in prison plus 20 years for the October 10th, 2002 murder of Matthew Abney.
0: Now, on May 8, 2013, Belcher went to trial for Mark Schaller's murder. The case had been postponed for a time when Belcher refused to take his HIV meds, and doctors said that they didn't think he would survive. But the trial went forward. He was found guilty and sentenced to life. You see what happens when you ask for what you want? Sometimes the universe doesn't (laughs) hear you. Now, because Belcher already had two life sentences, Clarkston prosecutors declined to prosecute in the murder of Leroy Taylor. So now we're going to get into where are they now? What do you got, Beth? Howard Milton Belcher is currently
1: incarcerated at Phillips State Prison in Georgia. Apparently, he likes to draw because I found some of his artwork Available for sale online. Oh! Don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Don't do it, you guys. He also sent a letter to a YouTuber whose video will be in our show notes. But as of November 2020, COVID wasn't so bad in jail. He was in solitary confinement at the time and was asking for $800.
0: Yeah, he also uh, told the YouTuber in the letter that um, one of the COs, in, the corrections officers in prison, told him that there was this website called Murderpedia and that <laughs> all of the facts and stories about him out there were fake not true fake news he said uh however he did say that he would like some help um making a movie about him and he would like tyler perry to be involved so tyler perry if you are listening (laughs) uh, don't do it don't do it also uh, in his letter, he he just kept asking for a lot of favors and a lot of things to help him personally, like right. money and, and buying his artwork and all kinds of bullshit, um, but nothing about remorse for the victims or feeling sorry um, for the crimes that he committed or, you know. Any any of of that that stuff. Um, So now we're going to get into what we believe uh, made Belcher snap and our takeaways. Hit it, Beth.
1: Well, since we don't know anything about his early life, we don't know what happened to him as a child. Um, But being gay, he may have been bullied or treated badly. That is certainly not out of the question. No. Yeah. He did spend some time in prison, and who knows what happened to him there. Mm -hmm. His mom said that he was. Doing drugs. Doing, doing
0: drugs. drugs.
1: <laughs> so that was probably a factor, at least uh, it, a motive for robbery. Yeah, he later described himself to detectives as an HIV positive prostitute. Those were his words. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like maybe he didn't think much of himself, yeah, um, or maybe didn't have much hope for his future, mm-hmm. and like he was begging for the death penalty, and he stopped taking his HIV meds. So uh, sounds like he was really depressed and angry, yeah, and uh, took it out on these men that he hooked up with.
0: Yeah. And another thing I was going to uh, say was when he got out of prison and began his spree, he was in his mid 20s. Right. So now right. he wasn't fully cooked yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Uh, you know, we haven't had a killer like this in a while, well, at least not being able to talk about it in our takeaways in this context. But it seemed to me like he was destroy, trying to destroy something that was within himself that he hated profoundly. And uh, something might have happened. I, I wish we knew more about his childhood, but it could yeah. not have been easy growing up black and gay um and being his true self a black gay man for whatever reason just wasn't um something he was able to do uh and um it fucked i think it fucked him up internally um and i think hurt people hurt other people and that's what he that's what he did Um, yeah
1: and i also think
0: maybe having
1: hiv probably um fucked him up too
0: per, yeah i mean perhaps that might have made him feel hopeless what's what's exactly. the point of even yeah. trying to be a good person if right i'm going I'm to just die gonna, i'm just gonna kill these dudes you, yeah. yeah but um we know so much more about i mean even in 2002 hiv wasn't the life sentence that we thought it, it was yeah. in the 80s right thanks the ronald reagan sentence. yeah, yeah. But um, life with the disease has come a long way. Treatments for oh, it, oh yeah, right. And yeah. so I mean you
1: can you can live a full, happy life,
0: right? And, and uh, being mm-hmm.
1: HIV positive, yeah. yeah.
0: And so I just think um, it's an unfortunate case because there was, I mean, he killed men in their prime too. Like who, those yeah. those families that were left in that wake, the the grieving families, and just the the men's lives that were um, cut short. Because of this motherfucker's inability to cope. Yeah, he uh, was a a monster. And uh, I don't know what else to say other than this was a bad individual. And
1: yeah. Very selfish. Very I much so. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I, 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 I'm sorry, this isn't funny, but uh, he asked for the death penalty and they wouldn't give it to him. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Uh, oh, you want that? Oh, oh I'm no, sorry. Never mind. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think uh, prisoners ask for the death penalty because they think that they won't get it. Um, But I don't think that was the case with this guy. Yeah,
0: I kind of think, I I feel like he meant it. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's all we got. I never heard of this guy and I'm glad we covered it. Yeah. So now we're going to get into how not to get murdered. So, if you love true crime and you don't want to die, here's a tip for you.
1: This segment is not intended to be victim blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. This is not meant to blame the victims, it's just learning from other people's experiences. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode and we'll just offer up generic
0: tips. Okay, so I found a company online on Instagram and it is a black owned self defense device company. Oh, cool. Yeah, a lady black owned. And um, it's called uh, Beyond Defense. Uh, and they have neat products and share safety tips and videos. Oh, and. Cool. yeah, and their safety tips are from like a black woman perspective. So it's about physical safety, but also mental health. Um, nice. you know, like take self-care. Um, right And uh I just thought it was remarkable. So we'll put links in our show notes so you can um check out their social media pages. And also, um, boy, there's been some hot, hot discussions on our Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the latest ones uh was about kidnapping. Uh I think there was a story posted about uh she, uh, there was, and I don't think it was a real story, but it was really interesting. There was a piece of cheese posted, put on somebody's car and, and maybe the, the um, kidnappers did that on purpose to distract the woman. Anyway, uh, this is a tip about kidnapping from Sophie H that arose in our Facebook discussion group. And Sophie says, if you're worried about dangers around your car, you aren't likely to need to worry about cheese on it. Noted. <laughs> but you should do things like walk all the way around the car and check the back seats before getting in, right? Doesn't everybody do that? Like, real quick? (laughs) Uh, Inside your car, keep a seatbelt cutter and car window cutter and hammer tool in your glove box in case of a carjacking or car accident. Also, keep a first aid kit in your car in an accessible location. All, which are great tips. Great tips, yeah. thank you, Sophie H. Yeah. Um, Beth, do you have anything to add yep. okay well now we're going to move on to the shout out portion of our show where we shout on any true crime goodies or any content by or about any marginalized othered or underrepresented folks uh and i just wanted to shout out the fact that pose season three is back it is the final season on fx and hulu um older episodes are available on netflix but pose is the story of cutie puck queer and trans POCs, people of color, or BIPOC people in New York in the eighties. That's and so cute. Cutie is, <laughs> yeah, Cutie Pucks, um, and it is just um, the drama, the reads, the the fashion, the slang, all of it. The beautiful, the beautiful people um, of what's his name, Billy Porter is in it. Um, we all know Billy Porter, right? Am I right? The fabulous, the fabulous man who has worn capes and adorned himself in gold um yes. and, uh, award shows. So, anyway, <laughs> it's just it's just more of that. It's wonderful. So. Cool. What do you got? Uh well, I wanted to give
1: a shout out to Beyond the Rainbow podcast. Hmm. It's uh true crimes of the LGBTQ community. Oh, hell yeah. The tagline is it's not a crime to be gay unless you're a murderer. Hello.
0: <laughs> Hello. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's hosted by CJ who says that if she has to label her orientation, she identifies as a lesbian and it's a really good podcast
0: so check it out I'm loving it ba thanks Beth <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> well that's it for today uh, but where can the people find us?
1: our website is fruitloopspod.com our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod and our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook we are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod and links to our sources will be in our footnotes if you want to support the show you can send us a donation on the Cash app. Just Google Fruit Loops Pod Cash app, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help. And as always, we have merch for sale on our website.
0: That's right. Now, this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. Care. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title.